T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Swing and a high fly, deep left center field. Back and looking is Dickerson. He's out of room. It's gone into the Phillies bullpen. JT Realmuto with his fourth home run of the season. And he puts the Phillies back in front. It's 3-2 Phillies. Oh, Amanda, he need that one, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. From yesterday's game, JT Realmuto. Uh, who was, uh, let me see what he was doing. He was batting 070 over Oof. his last 14 games, three for 43 without an RBI, and uh, was able to uh, snap out of it yesterday. Good morning. I'm Glenn Macknow along with my pal Jody McDonald. Jody, how are you on this beautiful Sunday morning? The one thing I question is who needed it more, JT Realmuto or the Phillies as a group? Yeah. They're both uh, struggling pretty badly, and yes, if he succeeds, the team succeeds. And we saw a lot of that last year. We haven't seen near enough of that from the Phillies stars this year. Well, amen to that. Um, so let me just uh, give people the background. I'm sure everybody knows the, the, these ugly numbers. The Phillies had been in a five-game losing streak. They had dropped into a last-place tie with the Nationals prior to yesterday. I mean, they needed a win. Uh, Four to two is the score yesterday. Hey, they didn't commit any errors. That's a nice thing, Jody. Right. Uh, seven of the nine starters got at least one hit. Uh, the bullpen was mostly mostly clean. Uh, is this where I ask you bullpen why Dylan Covey? Bullpen was really clean. They well, had... is this where I ask you why Dylan Covey's in the major league? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. He is the only one who gives oh. up a run on a bullpen oh game, and he was supposed to be the guy who was going to come in and grab that fifth starter spot, which the Phillies haven't come close to, to figuring out uh, more than a third of the way through the season. On a day where everyone else puts up a zero, he gives up two runs in one inning. Yeah, I get it. And, you know, Mac, I've been following it forever. My father being a general manager, I know the inner workings of the game and taking flyers on guys. And at one time he showed something, and even if he hasn't shown it, maybe you can unlock it. It's a legitimate way to go about fielding a team. Not usually a team that was in the World Series the year before, but a legitimate way a lot of web baseball teams have to work. But at some point, you just got to go, all right, it was an idea, but we've tried to put it into practical purpose and it doesn't work. Oh, I'm already there with Dylan Covey. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, the GM, you take a swing once in a while. They picked up uh, the kid Hoffman, the pitcher, a couple of weeks ago. So he's done nicely so far. Right. So, you know, not high leverage innings, but he's okay. But Dylan, Dylan Covey, this, so far this year, seven innings, 15 hits, 10 runs. Career ERA is 662. And somehow this is the fifth season he's managed to pitch in the majors. 
Jody, I believe I could put a ball in your hand, stick you 60 feet, six inches away, and your ERA would be better than Dylan Covey's. I, I, if called upon, I will serve, but uh, I, I don't think it will be good. But could it be better than Dylan Covey? Yeah, maybe. Um, again, like I said, it's it's a worthwhile shot. Sometimes yeah. what annoys me though is when you keep going. All right, well, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but, and you keep throwing him out there, and he keeps getting hit. You got to be ready to pull the plug. And here's the sad part, Glenn. And yes, the Phillies won yesterday, stopped the five game losing streak. So I got to keep going back to that. There's a reason why Dylan Covey got his first chance and his second chance and his third chance. They don't have anyone else in this organization. Yeah, that's, that's the sad really, part is that, is that the they came part. into the season with, and everyone knows this now with the way they handle pitchers and pitchers aren't tasked to pitch seven innings and start 38 games like it used to be. Well, okay, then you have to have nine, 10, 11 starting pitchers. For a five-man rotation, you need to have an entire backup of guys you can go to and you hold them as you best you can in your double and triple-A rosters. I, I just went through the last couple of games of both the Iron Pigs and the Reading Phils and their starting pitching, and you can check their entire seasonal stats. They got nobody. They have nobody that merits even the Dylan Covey, well, we're not really sure it's going to work, but let's give a roll of the dice type guy within their organization right now, and that's why Covey continues to get put out there. Well, hopefully that's the end of that. But, all right, I believe we said more about Dylan Covey than has ever been said on radio airwaves, and I think <laughs> we're, we're pretty much done. So, uh, as you mentioned, the rest of the bullpen is clean. Strom, nice two Inning opener, Kimbrell with the save, everybody in between, and they win. So this, of course, as I said, follows the five-game losing can streak. I, can I make a point about Strom? Yeah. This, again, goes to the decision-making process, and, and I'm sure there were a lot involved, Dombrowski uh, and the manager and the pitching coach and the like. And shame on me that I didn't ferret this out earlier, and basically the Phillies admitted to it. They signed this guy during the offseason. Nice sign. Gave him good money. Gave him a two-year deal. He had been effective for the Red Sox last year. Eh, Kind of an up-and-down career, never really a major contributor. And he comes in and pitches good in spring training, so they say, let's throw him into the rotation. The painter thing happens. They don't have uh, all the answers. So let's make Strom a starter. So they start him, and he pitches well, and he gets a couple innings under his belt, and they go, Oh, shoot, you realize he only pitched 44 innings last year? And he's already up to 20-something with us? We like this guy, so we've got to save him. So he comes out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. Well, fans aren't going to think it that deeply. They're just going to go, yeah, why isn't Strom still starting? He's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. But if they knew that, if they knew they were going to have to put a cap on his innings and not use him too much, why did you even go there to begin with? Why did you hand him the ball and let him be a starting pitcher? All you did was whet the appetite of your fan base. I think they were. I think when Painter went down, I just they didn't have anything else. They just kind of put him in, and nothing else really worked. But so here we are, and I hear you. I don't disagree with you. Um, all right. So last week, Jody McDonald, uh, I said there was a forty-one percent chance that they would make the playoffs. Uh, despite the win yesterday, I am down because it was a really bad week for them, and getting swept yep. in New York was just terrible. I am now officially at 26% chance they were going to make the playoffs. I was 25% yesterday. They won 
I'm up to 26. You ticked up a point, huh? Well, you know, it's one game, yeah, one exactly. win. Right? Sure. It, it changes day to day. So where is Jody McDonald on the scale? I was last week at 51%. I was certainly higher than you, and I was just on the north side of 50. And then the week that happened occurred. Yes, the Mets just handled them. And that's, that is an ongoing thing. The Phillies had roster turnover, so did the Mets. But the Mets so dominated them last year. I know the Phillies went to the World Series, and the Mets went out earlier than they did. Uh, but the Mets did win 100 games, which the Phillies didn't come close to. And mano a mano, face-to-face, head up, the Mets dominated the Phillies. And they click off a series sweep for the first time they meet this year. That was bad. I- I'm down significantly from my 51%. Ooh. <sighs> I-, I just checked fan graphs this morning. Yeah. They have the Phillies at 23.9% oh, oh. to make the playoffs. I'm, I'm slightly more optimistic than that. So yeah, that's, I was going to tell you, you're good at 26. Fangraphs <laughs> only oh, yeah, has been 23. I'm a, a bubbling vat of, of good hope. Yeah. Of optimism. Well, I'm yeah. going to go even further than you because I was significantly ahead of you last week. I still think they have players in Harper, and Turner can't continue to be this bad, and Schwarber – can Schwarber hit 160 for an entire and season? I don't, you, don't, you don't think so, and you look at past years, and he gets hot as the weather warms up, but uh, it'd be nice to see evidence of it. Exactly. Um, I'll, last week I went to 51 because I wanted to be on the optimistic, positive side of the number. So if I were to do that this week, I can't get in, into the 50s. Can I get into the... 40s? I really can't after as bad a week as they had. So I'll go at about 36. So I'm I'm better than you. I'm better than fan graphs, but 36 is not an awe-inspiring okay. number. But I'll go with 36% chance to make the playoffs. All right. Well, we'll do the pulse week to week. We'll see where we where where we lay, and hopefully the numbers will continue to rise, and the team will get better. And today it's Rangers Suarez against. Uh, journeyman trevor williams and suarez looked looked much better his last mm-hmm. start hopefully he has turned the corner and will be the guy we've seen in years past uh there are crazy people in this town jody and on this station who say the season's over break it up sell it it's done uh i'm talking about not just callers but hosts we obviously with our numbers would both fervently disagree with that that's uh, st- was... a question in the form of a statement right i uh, got it um I believe I was in the car listening to Glenn Macnow and Mike Sielski yesterday, mm-hmm. and I think you put a similar question slash point to Sielski, and as he was answering it, I'm just sitting there shaking my head going, he's exactly right, which those who uh, want to go, let's let's restoke the process and break it down to its studs. Oh, my God, this is so bad. you got to destroy this team and build it back up again. The, the Phillies sold how many tickets during this offseason no, after going that, to the World uh, Series? That's right. Anytime you go, there's 38,000, 40,000 people there. That's correct. Right. So you're going to spit in their faces. You're gonna, they, they've come back. You've won them back. And, Mac, you and I have both been in town 30-plus years now. Neither one of us was born here, but we've been here over three decades apiece. And I truly appreciate the Philadelphia fan base because they are a discerning fan base. They don't just loyally support the home team. But when you're good, oh, man, they'll come out and support you. 
that to me is a very good fan base. And the Phillies were that good and gave us such an exciting October. The fans said, yeah, they're getting my support. They're getting my hard-earned dollars. And they went out and bought a ton of tickets for this season in advance. You turn around and break it down and go, yeah, thanks for spending your money. But, yeah, we don't quite see it this way. Come watch our secondary taking apart team. You might not recover from that. You you might get a quick turnaround on the team, but people will remember that and go, yeah, last time I jumped in with both feet, they, they told me get lost. So there is no chance, no way with the contracts that they have, with the people they have in place. Dombrowski isn't a guy who does the rebuild thing, and Middleton is a very motivated owner to get that trophy back. They're not going down a rebuild road. Anybody who says that isn't paying close enough attention. I think in this town, one of the legacies of the process that the Sixers did for all those years, which, by the way, still has not paid off, and I don't think ever will, but that's, but that's kind of... Embiid is it. That's all they got left to the that's process. That's all they got. He is that's it. all they got. And he's a great player, uh, and that's great, but you know, you don't have to go through the process to get eliminated in the second round every year. But one of the legacies of the process is I think it has created the mindset in this town more than other towns, which is hey, this isn't working, let's just throw it all out and start over, and it ought to be great. Uh, a, you can't really do that. You can't get rid of who, what, 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 what are they, they're going to trade Kyle Schwarber? Is that the plan? And get value for that? You, these things don't work. Mm-hmm. And B, rebuilding a team, this team is underperforming, but it has a lot of really high-quality players who you want to believe will turn the corner, and I'm going to use the cliche, play to the back of their baseball cards. Which I'm getting real sick of that cliche, actually. Because it is the Philly season. It is. That's right. You know what? The two mottos of the Philly season should be: let them, let's they'll play, they'll eventually play to the back of the baseball cards. And this one, which I hear every night, Phillies threaten but do not score. Oh, that's just painful, man. I hear that every night. I'm telling you, that's like the the, the Phillies video highlight title of it this year. But. You can't, you can't, and people, I understand, it's sports talk radio, and you can have wacky opinions, and you can, you can think what you want, but you don't, you can't just throw out a team, start over, and think, hey, two years, three years, we'll be great again. It doesn't work. And I'll tell you why it annoys me personally, Glenn. Had the process worked, had they gotten to a champion, had they won a champion, had they had a parade, then I could understand the fan bases of the other team in town going, well, the Sixers did it, so why don't we just do it? Take it down to its studs. Yeah, we- T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. It'll be bad for a period of time. 
maybe a too long period of time, but then eventually we'll build it back up and it will pay off in a parade. If that had happened, I could understand the line of logic of fans following it with some of the other teams. It hasn't worked. They yeah. haven't gotten past the second round. They're down to just Joel Embiid as the only payment left for three years of stone-cold, embarrassing basketball where they were the laughing stock of the NBA. Why would you want to do that again? I, I think the, the, the people who believe that will never be shaken from that belief, and I don't think anything you and I say today will shake them. But they're invited to call, 215-592-9494. And while we're at it, let's spend a minute or two on that franchise because you and I spoke last week when the Sixers coach hunt was kind of still going on, and they got they got their guy with Nick Nurse. Um, I feel he was the best available option out there of realistic choices who were going to end up coming here. He's got a really nice record. His career, you take out the pandemic year, he's 200 wins, 118 losses. He won the title. He's... He's smart. He's media savvy. He's he can be he can stand up to players, which I think is a great thing. I think I think you should do well here. What about you? Um, I remember when you and I did the show together back in the nineties. Uh, we were both a fan. You're more of a political wonk than I am, but covered. we both enjoy it and follow it. You mm-hmm. once covered it, uh, didn't you? Button no, Bob yeah. Dole's shirt. You told me that story. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I did. I buttoned Bob Dole's shirt for him one time. That's correct. Exactly. Um, but we both kind of liked a show called the McLaughlin Report. Oh, God, yes. Which was good because there was a little personality intertwined with the whole politics of it all. Uh, and I did. I, I was a pretty observant watcher of it, watch it almost every single week. Um what was his line about on a scale of 0 to 10? Yeah, I use that all the time with you. Right. On a scale of 0 to 10 with 10 being metaphysical certitude, Jody McDonald. But I don't know what's the question I'm asking. And I here? forgot the 0. I'm trying to comp my uh, uh, positivity, my opinion of the Nick Nurse hiring. On a scale of 0 to 10, uh, physical, metaphysical certitude to 0 being what the hell did they just do or something along those lines. I put Nick Nurse at about an 8 as a hiring. My optimistic bent on the Nick Nurse hiring is about an 8 out of 10, which is pretty damn good. Sure. My downside is, I'm being honest, my hiring of Doc Rivers was about a 9. I really did like the Doc Rivers hire. I thought he was a perfect fit at a time. They needed a coach. A championship coach was available. Now, this was a little different because there were several championship coaches available. And they picked one particular one out of three guys who had won a championship in the last five years. You don't usually have that kind of a group to choose from. And I think they picked the right one of the three. I like Budenholzer. Not a big Vogel fan. Um, I I would have been okay with Budenholzer. I preferred Nurse. So I do like it. I think he handled his first press conference well. I think he handled the Harden thing perfectly. You can't commit to the guy because you don't know that you're going to have him. But you don't want to move on from him yet because there is still a chance you could have him. And you're going to have to coach him and use him and and figure out how to run your system with him included. So I thought he handled that very well. I like what he had to say. And if we know anything here in Philadelphia with uh, Nick Sirianni's opening press conference, you don't judge a coach by his first media session. But I did like what he had to say and the way that he handled and comported himself. Uh, I think it was a very good hire, and we'll see where it goes. I'm not, I'm not jumping uh, for joy, but nor am I going. What the hell are they thinking about? 
I give it uh, at least one thumb thumbs up. I'd go one and a half thumbs. Okay, I I, I agree with you. I think it was it was the best available hire. What I don't know is if ultimately Nick Nurse is going to be the difference maker because it's really about the roster, and I fear that their roster is kind of stuck at one that has not shown an ability to get past the second round, and they can't really shake up the roster this offseason. They can get, they can let Harden go um, or watch Harden go, and I don't think they're going to get better by that, but it's probably in the long run what you have to do. You and I have talked about this before. It's mm-hmm. kind of take the half step back this year, let Harden walk, and then try to you know build it up the year after that. So I like Nick Nurse too. I just I feel like the sick boy Jody. How about this? I feel like the Sixers are stuck in limbo, in purgatory, which is exactly what people were saying eight years ago when this whole thing started. Right. Uh, the one well, thing I'd love to see happen, and it won't, <laughs> is I'd love to see Bob Myers, who uh, was the architect behind the Golden State Warriors, and stepped down somehow. Come here. Nothing personal uh, there, uh, Mister GM, uh, Vice President, but. Uh, I, I take him in a heartbeat. Uh, my Josh track Harris record, wants to shake up the world. Yeah, yeah, my track record is what it is, and it's pretty damn good. Um, and I read a bunch of articles on it, and there really, to me, was no commitment. It wasn't like he got into an argument or his, his authority and or the way he was doing things was being questioned by ownership. It wasn't like he looked at the roster and said, yeah, the bar is so high, this is just impossible. I need to get out, otherwise I'm going to start to tarnish my reputation. I don't really know why he left. And I'd really like to know that if the way that you're going to get him, he's a West Coast guy, if you're going to get him come to Philadelphia, you're going to have to so blatantly overpay him. I'd like to have a better grasp on why the divorce between he and the Warriors before I yeah. make a massive commitment to a guy like that. Fair point, fair point. Let's sneak in Rick from Easton before we hit the first break. Hello, Rick. Good morning. Hey, Mac. How are you guys? We're great. Hey, hey. So, real quick, we've been saying this. I couldn't agree with you, Glenn, 100%. You know, when we always talk, we always talk about who I blame the most. Ownership in this city for 90 years doesn't hire the correct general managers. Outside of Pat Williams, outside of Howie Roseman, and outside of the general manager we had when the Flyers were the Flyers, we don't have general management. Now, listen, I'm not a talk show host, and I'm not a expert of baseball. But before this season started, if you took the top, any one of the top 230 pitchers in wins last year and combined them, you're talking about 27 to 30 wins. Our two aces of the National League Championship had 21 wins between Nola and Wheeler. Why did we have to hear every other day, well, if Nola can come back, if Nola can come back, can't you see Nola's not coming back the way we need him to come back? Yeah, I, disagree with, that, I disagree with your premise. Look, I, hope that, I, hope, I hope this whole call I'm, I'm making is wrong. Yeah, because, before... because the way baseball has changed, wins is not among the top five statistics. Well, I keep hearing that, and I agree with cases. it. Okay. Well, I, I, and I don't 100%. And then here's the other issue. In baseball, Jody, you know this better than anybody. You can't have two of your top four hitters in the lineup for two months be on pace to strike out 220 times a year. You 
can't say that's baseball today, folks, because we caught lightning in a bottle last right. year. You got a couple of stats that you've dug your heels in on. Uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah. With this Philly team, if it's about strikeouts, you've got to eliminate strikeouts from the top of the order. Okay, fine. Who are you going to bat lead off? Who are you going to bat second? There, you know what? When you have the third highest payroll, this is why I agree with you, Glenn, the Sixers don't have a lot of choices, and either do the Phillies. At least if you have a hot hand, at least let Marsh, and I told you I made you an agreement, Glenn, that mm-hmm. I was going to buy a steak dinner if he hits over 280. At least yeah. let Marsh or let Bohm or let somebody with a hotter hand and move Schwarber and move Turner down just until they can get their stroke back. Well, he, didn't didn't hear... he do that with Turner the last two days? Well, the last two days, but we're talking about two days in the last 60 days. And you okay. can't. Well, and you see, can't it, he did it. It, it might have taken longer right. than you wanted to, but he did do it. Now, unfortunately, and I'm back to this again, Glenn, yeah. and I apologize for it. Schwarber batting leadoff. It's because they don't have other great choices. We thought Turner was a great choice. Paid him a whole hell of a lot of money to come in and be that choice, and he hasn't done the job. So, again, he's putting Schwarber back up there again. Uh, the caller is latched into strikeouts. You can't have strikeouts at the top of the order. There are some people that latch into on-base percentage. you, you got to have a guy who's on-base at the top of the order. Well, believe it or not, even with his 160 average, Schwarber's on-base is still okay because he gets as many walks as he does. So it all comes down to what you believe you have to statistically have your lineup be able to do for you. And they have no great answers right now, specifically with Boehm on the IL, uh, because he's a guy who I did say I would not see mind seeing him hit number two. But yeah. that just takes another choice off the table for Thompson. He's poking and hoping, putting that lineup together on a day-in, day-out basis as best he can. 215-592-9494. By the way, we're going to give you, in a moment, a chance to win tickets to a really fun event that I'm hosting this Thursday. That Jody, you're going to be able to be there? As of right now, MacMillan, I'm in. That's about a 92% confirmation rate. Ninety-two percent, as certain as I could ever ask for. You, we're big with numbers today. Yes. Uh, anyway, we'll tell you about that. You go in a chance to do it because I, I something I was thinking about that I want to run by people and see if Jody agrees, if the audience agrees, disagrees, and you get a chance to have fun with that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four with Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack. Now Sunday on ninety four WIP. Today's Sunday Mac Attack brought to you by Bet Parks. Get pro hoops and playoff wagers in on the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly sports fan. Must be 21 in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Pitch. Swung on. Yanked yes. down the left field line, but it's hooking towards the corner. It's a fair ball. It bangs off the wall. Just inside the line, in to score is Sosa. Turner's in its second. Castellanos to third. It's two to nothing. Phillies. I don't know how that ball stayed fair. Well, he needed that, man. We talked about earlier uh, that JT Real Muto really needed that uh, home run yesterday. Trey Turner has uh, just got to find some consistency at the plate, and he gets the RBI double yesterday. And I'm. I'm really rooting for him. I want him to be the guy who can bat leadoff and who can be the guy that we saw all those years with the Nationals and with the Dodgers and so on. Um, and he's getting a lot of heat, Jody, and, and that comes with the job and it comes with the contract. I have heard, and I'll, I'll, I'll say Joe Giglio, who I like a lot, uh, is leading the, leading the campaign that says 
If you had it to do all over again, would you wave a wand and make Trey Turner's contract and this thing disappear? And I'm thinking, no. Not based on the first 50 games. Are you crazy? Everybody loved the signing when it happened. Now all of a sudden we wish it hadn't happened because he's off to a bad start? If push comes to shove, I'm with you. Uh, No, I, I would not undo the Trey Turner signing. It's not the most outrageous thing I've ever heard. It What is more outrageous is let's take it down to the studs right now because we're 60 games in and we're not where we're supposed to be, so we need to completely take the entire team apart and give someone a chance to build it back up. And, oh, by the way, have three or four years of patience while we do that. That is outrageous as far as I'm concerned. The rethink, the major, massive contract you gave Trey Turner – at least I have to pause and contemplate it. When push comes to shove, I'm going to say, no, I, I, I made the call. I, I believe what I believe. He's going through a rough spot. It's now becoming a lengthy rough spot. But I'm not, con- uh, I, I'm not ready to cash in my chips on that just yet. Okay. All right. So uh, let me throw this in and uh, invite people to call on this, 215-592-9494. I was thinking about this the other day. I, was, um, I actually listened to the Kelsey Brothers podcast. Do you ever listen to that? It's tremendous. I have, yes. It is. It's- they they just have such great chemistry. A lot of people have told me that you and I have that kind of great chemistry. And I think it came over doing a show together for seven years. Oh, that's flattering, well, yeah. They they kind of, kind of did the Mac and Mac show every day of their lives growing up. So up I bedroom, guess I right. shouldn't be taken aback by the phenomenal chemistry between two guys who grew up together. But they really do. They play off each other so well. Right, and so uh, Jason Kelsey, to me, is one guy in this town who, for good reason, everybody loves. Everybody loves Jason Kelsey because he's a great player and he's a great personality and he you know, knows how to identify with the fan base, catching beers at the parade and putting on the mummer's outfit. And every time he talks, it's like, yeah, he's one of us. He's the greatest. Um, and the other thing that made me think about it is um, Mike and I had Jonesy on the show after they gave him the job. And right. Jonesy's also that guy that everybody loves Jonesy, right? It's it's impossible to find five people in this town who don't love Keith Jones. Fair to say? Um, yeah, five, okay. ten, fifty, maybe. Okay. But uh, the five percent, everybody that way. Right. If you're talking about a 95 percent approval rating, that's pretty damn good. Okay, and so I'm doing a charity event this coming Thursday. I'm get into a little bit more in a moment with Fransky and L.A. Uh, my brewery, contract and brewery, put out Fransky and L.A. LA Bedlam at the Bank Golden Ale to benefit Philadelphia Youth Sports Collaborative. And I knew this going in, but I've certainly learned this since we put the beer out. Everybody loves Fransky and L.A. So I put together my list, Jody, of who... Everybody loves it. And, yes, by everybody, asterisk 95% because you're going to find – Got you. Right. Okay. 100% metaphysical certitude, if we can get back to that, does not exist. But, not that. But... Yeah, I'm talking – when I say everybody, I mean good luck finding somebody who doesn't. So this is the stipulation. I'm gonna, I want to give you my list, and I want you to tell me who I'm wrong on and who you might add. Um, and I'll ask uh, – I'm going to ask the listeners. I'll ask our producer, Nick, and I want to see – I want to see what the list is by the end of the show. So the, the, the rule I had on it is the person has to be active. So, and I know we're going to get calls like, how do you not have Brian Dawkins? Because he's not active. 
Right. Nick Foles okay. is not active. Charlie Manuel is not active. Nor is Ray, who's actually kind of, sort of, but trying not to be. Ray Dinger's trying <laughs> to be retired. He's not doing the greatest job of no. retiring. Oh, by the way, I did. I co-hosted um, the Ray's play uh, this past week. Right. I know you're going to do that. In New Hope and uh, had a great time doing it, the talk back at the um, Bucks County Playhouse. And this Tuesday, speaking of guys coming out of retirement, Angelo Cataldi is going to do it. So people may want to get up and see that. But nice. so Ray's off the list. Here's my list kind of in descending order, okay? Okay. Number one, Kelsey. Number two, Jonesy. Number three, Fransky in L.A. Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham. I think everybody respects and loves those guys who came here as rookies, both first-round picks, both went through some adversity earlier in their career, both were huge parts of winning the Super Bowl. They're still here, had great years last year, have played through injury, just you know, speak up for the town, are available, I think, Lane Johnson and Brandon Graham right there. Then it gets a little tougher. I think Bryce Harper now, although that could change because I've seen in this town the cleanup hitter. I know he's not necessarily the cleanup hitter, but the big star on the on the team. I saw it go south with Ryan Howard. Mm-hmm. I saw it go south with Mike Schmidt. It could with Bryce Harper, but I'd say Bryce Harper – Right now, I'd say Jalen Hurts right now, again, could change. Quarterbacks are, you know, as popular as their last game. Uh, Marilyn Mike, speaking of Fransky in L.A., I think everybody loves Marilyn Mike. And um, Maxie, who's my only guy from the Sixers. Everybody likes Maxie. I, yep. I never talk to anybody who doesn't like Maxie. So, one more time, Kelsey Keith Jones, Fransky in L.A., Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Bryce Harper, Jalen Hurts, Marilyn Mike, and uh, Maxie. Am I am I perfect, Jody? Pretty damn close to it. Um, I, I think you hit on all of them, even with your qualifiers with Harper and Hurts, because, yeah, the, the Harper contract is what it is. And if he goes out, oh, they've already done it to Trey Turner, and that was over a 50-game period. Harper delivered an MVP and a major factor in them making it to the World Series. So he's got a couple of uh, fallback positions to defend himself to those who want to say, I can't believe he's only got three home runs right now. Um, so, so yeah, I like all of yours. I think they're all good. I had a chance to talk to Mike Quick this week, have him on our uh, YouTube show, Birds 365. And he's just He's such a good dude, and he plays Greatest. so well off Merrill, and yep. he, he he's an ex-Eagle, which counts, which means he's been here broadcasting and playing for 30-some-odd years. So, yeah, I think your list is very on point. Anybody you'd add? I'm sitting here thinking about that. Because I'm at that. nine. You, uh, right. Well, if I count Fransky in L.A. as one entity and Merrill and Mike as one entity, which I did, I'm at nine. So if you, if you want to make the list ten, which you don't uh, fair, have to. Fair enough. No, fair enough. If I had one more guy to add, and this you may disagree with, everybody may disagree with, but I'll give you my line of logic for it. I would add another sixer. I would add Paul Reed. <laughs> because he's really? a second-round pick, so he's an overachiever, 
Guys like Jordy McDonald on the radio saying Doc Rivers doesn't handle Paul Reed right. He goes in. He gives you energy. He plays the game. Part of it is the way that you play the game. And I think Philadelphia fans like hard workers and guys who will go that extra and sacrifice their body. And the, Yeah, I think Paul Reed, although he's not a star by any stretch, and that makes a role player at best. But the way that he plays the game, where he came from, some of the big games that he has had every once in a while, he jumps up and goes, how do you not play this guy? My 10th and final to round out your list of those in Philadelphia right now who hit very high on the beloved scale would be Paul Reed. Paul Reed almost falls into the slightly above what I'm about to say, but kind of almost falls into the Garrett Stubbs category, which is everybody likes Garrett Stubbs because he's the backup catcher. And he, when he plays, he was good last year, which is he's not he, he's clearly not as important a player as any of the ones I mentioned or media member. But, yeah, I would agree. Nobody dislikes Paul Reed. So I, I'll give I, you a guy who's just uh, removed from the situation was uh, the former backup quarterback of the Eagles. Everybody liked him because he was a uh, mustachioed guy who lived out of a van. And oh, was yeah. okay with uh, being yeah, the backup quarterback, and uh, you, you, it never hurts to throw in an extra quote like, uh, "I'm not gonna wear the number two because I don't think of two. I'm not gonna go to the bathroom and have a bowel movement because I'm not number two. So he talked a good game as well, Gardner Minshew. So he would have fit into that category, but he's no longer an eagle. Yeah, and then everybody saw him play last year. Yeah, <laughs> and it kind of came back down to earth. All right, uh, Nick Earnshaw, am I wrong on anybody? I don't think you're wrong on oh, anybody. Come on, you guys. Listen, I think you got the list I'm pretty much I'm looking for some pushback here. But, okay. But I have a butt. Big butt. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not really. Big I've seen you. You're a skinny little thing. <laughs> um, I have to go with Jordan Mailata. The trio. You had oh, Jason Kelsey on there. Yeah, you had Lane good. Johnson. You got to add the trio from a Philly special Christmas. That's, the other side of the, uh, the offensive line, the left side. I got to add that, Jordan in there. Uh, you know what? That's, that's good. That's, yeah, that is pretty good. And um, uh, a friend of mine was over uh, in Conshohocken the other day, and those guys went in. There's a recording studio uh, over in Conchi, and I guess those guys were in recording the next Christmas album. So he saw them all going in, and that thing – that was cool. And my Lotta is, he's got a great personality. And his story coming from never having played football, being a rugby player in Australia and coming here and, and everything he's got. Ooh, you know what? I just thought of another one. I don't want to say it. I just, I actually thought of another one that may be better than any of them. But my, I, you know what? I'll put my Lotta, no offense, Jody, I'm putting my Lotta above Paul Reed as number 10. Can I can I give you a great my lotta story as Please. per my uh, uh, Birds three sixty five show? Uh, you know Johnny Mac, my other Mac partner, mm-hmm. uh, goes down all the media availabilities, and they did give my lotta uh, a couple of minutes uh, during the off season. And John specifically asked them about last year they had Andre Dillard as the backup guy who over underachiever for his career, first-round draft pick who could never uh, crack the lineup and ends up signing elsewhere. Eagles may get a compensatory pick for him, but uh, John asked him about the guys who will be his backup specifically at left tackle. And Mylotta is, as John described him, one of those guys who knows everybody's name. He's just that kind of guy. Even all the media guys who are on the beat, whatever, he always answers their question by referring to them by their first name. So he takes that very seriously, and he's a friendly guy, and he wants to be like that. 
he couldn't come up with the names of the guys who will be backing him up at left tackle this year. That's not a good thing, that a guy who is very dedicated <laughs> to knowing everybody's name and what they do and what guy, he had no idea who's going to be the backup left That's tackle behind funny. himself this year. Yeah, hopefully that guy never gets to play. That's, that would be my goal. <laughs> All right, so here's the list. And um, uh, Jason Kelsey, Keith Jones, Fransky in L.A., Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Bryce Harper, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, both probably with the asterisks of it could change. Marilyn Mike, Maxie, and Jordan Mailata. Those are the truly beloveds. Those are the people who everybody in town likes Tell tell us where you would change it, who you would take off, who you would put on, and here's the deal. The best one we get today, by the way, our show goes to 1230, and then you and I do leading off, leading into Phillies, Washington today. So Mm -hmm. we're going to get this uh, done by 1230. The best one wins a pair of tickets to um, the charity party this Thursday, June 8th, this coming Thursday, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in um, Bridgeport from 6 to 9 p.m., uh, where, by the way, one of the things you can bid on is a night of drinking beers with Jody McDonald and me. So, you yeah. know, that, that in itself is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's the release party for Fransky NLA Bedlam at the Bank Golden Ale. The money, all the, the money from the uh, event on Thursday and a portion of sales, uh, a portion of each sale goes to the Philadelphia Youth Sports Collaborative, which is a great charity. Event is open to the public. Twenty dollars. You can you can come and get tickets that night, uh, and so you don't have to get anything in advance. But we're going to give you a pair of tickets. Twenty dollars gets you in, gets you the great buffet. There's going to be a book signing with Mike Sealski, Todd Zalecki, Tyler Kepner. There's going to be great auction items, including Ray Dinger Super Bowl notes on the yellow legal pads, uh, silent auction jerseys, uh, some really affordable stuff too. So bring your candidate for the truly beloveds. Or tell us why one of ours has to go off and you will win those. 215-592-9494. It is that simple. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Well hit. Watch this, baby. Scott Rowland is over that over, and I'll say in a big way. Tremendous home run. Scott Rowland and the Phillies take a 6-5 to five lead here in the eighth inning. Well, that, of course, was a great uh, Harry Callis. And uh, he played that, Jody, because uh, Scott Rowland will be joining the Philadelphia Phillies Wall of Fame. Uh, this, well, the, the, by the way, the event is happening on August 12th, and Rowland's not coming because he's got a conflict. So, sorry, he's got something more important. Uh, anyway, along with uh, former general manager John Quinn and uh, former team owner, President Ruley Carpenter, both of whom passed away, um, I, I got to tell you, Jody, I, ca- I can't really argue against Roland's qualifications. He won Rookie of the Year here. He won four gold gloves. He's a very good player. I just think that I can't think of anybody who – well, I can think of a few. I can think of a few people who hated playing in Philadelphia more and had a relationship where he was strained from the fans – on what were really bad years for the Phillies, and it's like I have no desire to see Scott Rowland go on the Wall of Fame. 
Yeah, you're more of an anti-Scotty guy than I am. I, I get it. Uh, the question you asked last week about uh, beloved by everyone. Oh, Scott Rowland would never make this list. Because no. <laughs> there were a lot of uh, Philly fans who felt the same way you did. He didn't handle his time well here. He said some things that were not going to ingratiate himself into the fan base's uh, hearts. He was a really good player. You and I, I think, both agreed he's not a Hall of Famer, and he got in this year. So uh, although I would disagree, I think he was very close. You have that line that you draw, and you're either on the right side of it, you're on the left side of it. And for me, he ended up on the left side, which means he shouldn't have gotten in, but he did. So once you're in, you're in. It's, uh, I'm not going to show up in Cooperstown and, and boycott or uh, try and protest because he got in. Um He's got to get in. The The Phillies and everyone's got a different barometer that they use to have their honored former players, and the Wall of Fame is what it is with the Phillies. But I think you have to be fair and you have to comp him to other guys who are already in. And he was a significantly better player than some others that have already been honored. So when you make the Hall of Fame, right, wrong, or indifferent, he did. How do you say, yeah, we can't have a spot for this guy I, in the I Wall know. of Fame? I know. And, and part of Part of the problem is I think that they've run out of guys to put in. Um, Big Which McBride, is amazing considering I don't think their standards are off the charts outrageous. No. And yet they're still scrambling to find guys to justify that they should be on the wall of fame. I mean, Ron Reed last year. Uh, really? Um, Manny Trio was a nice player. I, I recognize what he did for the franchise. Mike Lieberthal, really? Yeah. Um, and I think it's kind of in flux until the next generation. And I don't know when they can let those guys in. They let Jim Tomei in in 2016. And, again, I love Tomei. He wasn't here for that long. I, I recognize his importance. Loved him. But he retired in 2012. So, by the way, Jody, I'll buy you a beer if you can name the last team Jim Tomei played for. Dodgers. Uh, Orioles. Really? Anyway. He went to the Orioles? Yeah, yeah. He came back here, and he was he had like a good year as a pinch hitter, and they sent him to the Orioles. Uh, maybe they were thinking of making the playoffs in 2012. I don't know. It's been a long time for the Orioles. So he got in four years after he retired. So if that was the standard, Ryan Howard retired in 2016. That's seven years ago. Chooch in 2017. Oh, can you name the last team Chooch played for? I don't remember Chooch yeah, that's, that's, for anybody that's other the than the Phillies. These guys, these guys who hang around. Chooch retired with the Mariners. Yeah, now that you say it, I do remember. Yeah, it's weird. How, I do not know. remember Tomei in an Oriole uniform. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. But I do remember when, when you bring it up, I remember Chooch in the Mariner uniform. So, and he retired in 2017. Rollins retired in 20, after 2016. So it's like, let's start moving on those guys because you can – yeah, I mean, there's there's like eight or ten players from that era that I think you could let in. Do you do you agree? I've never gone through the list. Eight All or right. ten seems big, but All right, here again, you go. The 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 list is not overly tough to get on. Right. <laughs> I mean, if Ron Reed is your standard, Ryan Madsen gets in for God's sakes. Right, and and I have to say this because I've been saying it for years. I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't. Those who make the argument for the last guy on the list, and you're making an argument that this guy should get on, and just because he's slightly better on the person who would be perceived to be the last guy on the list, that that means that he's got to get on. 
I think that's overstated. I, I, I agree. I don't go by the lowest. Thing. Right. The lowest, the worst guy in the Hall of Fame should not be the standard. I agree with you. Anyway, that's my rant there. All right, let's get some calls in before we hit the break. By the way, Jimmy Kemsky is going to join us. We'll talk a little football in the next segment. So uh, I'm going to get as many as I can and hang on. Be patient. Joe in South Philly's with us. Hey, Joe, what's, what are you thinking? Hey, guys. How are you? Good morning. Hey, Good morning. You, you guys were talking about the process, and I've always been a firm believer that in concept, the process works. Where we screwed up at, and for lack of a better term, had bozos in charge, made the wrong picks. The picks were out there to have, and they just made the wrong picks between trading the, you know, the Mikel Bridges and, you know, uh, I'll give them Noel or Noel and, I'm sorry, Okafor, because they were lock, stock, and barrel. They said, you know, top picks, and we're going to pick by somebody. But... Besides that, they just made the wrong picks and just screwed up everything. You are correct, but part of what you have to put in place when you undertake something like, quote-unquote, the process is you're going to get all those picks right because that's why you're doing it, to get in the position to make those picks. And then, yes, you must get those picks right. If you will be realistic about it and go, well, we'll get some right, and we'll probably get some that are good but not great, and then some will screw up, then that throws the whole process into question. Do you do that without – when you're talking about making someone in the draft the face of your franchise before he's ever played a game in the NBA, yeah, there's a possibility it could blow up in your face. And they only got one. One. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a mistake, if you think about it, because they were going to get Wiggins – and they weren't going to get um, Joel unless he hurt his foot the week before. Yeah, well, okay, but it, that that one worked out. I just I have other yeah. issues with it, and it's 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 well discussed. So, who belongs on the list or does not of the truly beloveds? Okay, so my beloved, I have I know one person that hated him, and that was Tommy Lasorda. So, if you guys can guess who it is, no, no. Oh, Tommy Lasorda hated this. I don't. Hated I don't. Him. The fanatic. The fanatic. The fanatic. The fanatic. Nobody hates the everybody. By the way, the fanatic's going to be at the uh, Bedlam at the Bank release party this Thursday. It's coming early. I can congratulate him personally then. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, listen, you're in the lead with that, so let's make sure we get his information. I think that's actually a pretty good one, Jody. Now, here's, here's a question I have for you. Uh, This list, I take it, is fluid, and if we want to keep it at 10, I think that's a very good number. My Paul Reed has already gone by the board because uh, Paul, Paul Reed got Nick, about as many minutes as he does in most games. Yes, exactly. Uh, Nikki correctly uh, pointed out that you didn't have uh, Mayalata on your list. Yeah. So if the fanatic is in, you got to yeah. take someone off the list. Do you not, Professor Mac? Now I do. Um, Maxi. Wow, he's beloved. Uh, uh, Marilyn Mike. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know what? Here's what we'll do. I can we'll see take, what's we'll take the nominees. This this 10-person list will become a dozen very quickly. Well, it will. And It'll before become you know it, it's going to be top 20. But here's the deal. We'll take the names, and at the end of the show, we'll Redo uh, narrow whole it down thing. to 10. Okay, all right. Uh, that works. Take a little pressure off us. We don't have to do it in the immediate. We'll do it at the end. So <laughs> uh, Joe with the Fanatic is pretty good, and he could win the tickets right there. All right, listen. 
Everybody, hang in. I, I, I appreciate your patience. Uh, we're going to talk to Jimmy Kemsky. We'll get some calls up in the next segment, including yours, at 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. The Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app, the only app that I continue to play with and recommend. Big weekend for the Bet Parks app and the PGA Tour. Oh, the memorial, big time backer. The Bet Parks Sportsbook app, proud to partner with the PGA and the official betting partner of the Memorial Tournament presented by Workday this weekend in Ohio. My guy, Sewoo Kim, who I bet in the last major, is tied for first. As of right now, you might want to take a look at the offerings on the Bet Park Sportsbook app. Right now, new users make a $10 sportsbook bet and get $125 in a bonus back if your first bet is the winner. Bet golf, baseball, pro uh, hoops, the hockey playoffs, soccer, MMA, and more. Live in-game betting, same-game parlays. They have so many selections for you. Bet more than just the score, player props. If you're talking hoops, assists, and rebounds, home runs, strikeouts, hits in baseball, hole-by-hole match winners on the PGA stuff if you want to do it today with the Memorial. Feel free. New users, winning bets only for that sportsbook bonus. Must be wagered once if you've never played by with parks before great first time offer think about it download the app and then join us on the bet park sportsbook app gonna run it here and going backwards that time because mccoby dean made a great tackle it's chestnut kobe dean getting some reps to well there you go i believe that is every nicobe dean highlight from last season as he played you know what i just hung up on jimmy (laughs) I'm sorry. Do me a favor. I'm, uh, call him back if if you would. I just uh, accidentally tried to call him up and I hung up on him. But anyway, we'll get him in a second. Jimmy Kemp's going to join us from Philly Voice. And yes, Jody, I was saying there. I tried to find a Nicobe Dean highlight this morning, and there wasn't a whole lot going on. Uh, well understood. But he did play well in the one game where he got significant snaps. I have an ongoing problem with the defensive coaches last year. A, the coordinator, and B, the linebacker coach who never felt the need to get him out there on the field. And the Eagles had some blowout wins last year, and I know how good Kaiser White and uh, DJ Edwards were, but you couldn't find a way to get this kid on the field more often? I, I think that it is always a balancing act with the coaching staff about we win today, we win today, we don't worry about next week, we sure as hell don't worry about next year. But the head coach has to be working with the general manager that – is not only looking at 2022, but 2023 and 24 and 25. And I think they really shortchanged the young man later. Well, I do think there are opportunities to use him. And Jimmy Kemsky from Philly Voice joins us right now, um, who was there last year and was there in the last week as the Eagles briefly allowed you to, I guess, peer through the fence for about 15 minutes at minicamp, Jim. Um, so let's start by, t- first of all, welcome to the show. And let's start by talking about Nicobe Dean who has the green dot on his helmet now, and what is the significance of that? Yeah, so he will now – he's not calling the plays, of course. Uh, Sean Desai will be calling the plays, but uh, he'll have the radio transmitter in his helmet, and he'll, he will relay the play call to the rest of the defense. And then if guys are, uh, you know, not in the right place, he's got a sort of his job to kind of supplement um, sort of the, the brains of the defense and get guys lined up where they're supposed to be. Very veteran defense, so that shouldn't be a problem. But I think the significance of having him be the guy that's calling the plays uh, for Sean Desai on the field means that he's going to be a three-down backer for the Eagles this year. 
and it clearly indicates that he's sort of the top linebacker uh, on the Eagles, you know, sort of linebacker totem pole, so to speak, uh, heading into the season. Now, uh, see if you agree with me what I just said when we got you back up here. Shame on the Eagles defensive coaching staff last year. Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards were very good, and the Eagles had the great season that they did. But at some point in some of these games, couldn't they have given N'Kobe Dean some snaps, some more than he did? I think he had 30-some-odd for the entire year from the line of scrimmage. I know Harry Roseman's a great GM, and he wants to let his coaches coach. And people hate when executives, be they general manager owners, get involved with dictating players' usage. But... Uh, you're getting through the season, you're going, is N'Kobe Dean still on the team? I think I saw him out there on specials, but is he on the squad? I think the defense coordinator and the linebacker coach did not use him near enough, and as much as we may like him coming into the season, you're saying he is the number one linebacker. You're doing so with him getting a handful of snaps at best last year. Was that a mistake? So what I'll say to that is they had some blowouts where they probably could have gotten him into some games. Uh, they don't typically sub, you know, make mass substitutions on the defensive side of the ball in blowouts. They do, they do certainly on the offensive side of the ball. Um, they did play a little bit in a game against Tennessee when Kaiser White got hurt. They actually showed some promise in that game. Mm-hmm. As far as you know, taking guys like Kaiser or TJ off the field, uh, tough to do <laughs> because right. you know, but, By the way. How how many tackles are Kaiser White and T.J. Edwards going to combine for the Eagles this year? Well, they're going to have none this that year. That would of course, be none, because, right? Correct. Exactly. Because they're they're now on on new teams, um, and I get it. I get the sentiment. It's but it's hard to take stars off the field when you're playing as well as they were, and you had a chance to win a Super Bowl that year. So you know you always kind of want to have an eye toward the future. But I think the Eagles were sort of in you know we're really good right now mode, and we're working toward you know, winning a Super Bowl. The other thing I'll say about Dean, by the way, is like during training camp, you know, guys, linebackers are making plays every day, like TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, and I mean even down the depth chart, like Davion Taylor, like for example, Sean Bradley, those guys are making plays uh, in, in camp, like, you know, throughout practice uh, during the summer, and Dean wasn't. So I think what I would attribute that to is, you know, Dean isn't super blessed in terms of his size or his athleticism. But what made him great at Georgia was he was the smartest player on the field. And being a rookie in the NFL, of course, first year in the league, he's, he wasn't the smartest player on the field. So he mm-hmm. you know, maybe didn't have the same type of anticipation and instincts that he had when he was on the field at Georgia. You know, Now that he's developed for a year in the NFL, we'll see how he comes along mentally from year one to year two and if he can become – something closer to one of the smartest guys on the field in 2023 and he and you know puts himself in a position to to sort of see plays before they happen that's where his success is going to come in the nfl in my opinion uh but you know i I think it's difficult for for players like that uh to really excel in the league in the first year jimmy kemsky is our guest from philly voice follow him on twitter at jimmy kemsky k-e-m-p-s-k-i uh, there was not a tremendous amount of regret among most of the fans in this town when Jonathan Gannon left as defensive coordinator and <laughs> right. head coach of the sad sack Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Sean Desai comes in. Again, I know that uh, the minicamp they had 
it's obviously difficult for you to draw any sweeping conclusions. But if you're looking ahead, how do you think the defense is going to be different in scheme this next year? The thing that he's sort of preached so far is that is you know more attitude than you know X's and O's or, or anything like that. And we're not going to get to get a better idea of the X's and O's until we get into training camp. Like you mentioned, we had a little peak uh, at practice uh, you know earlier. Was it this week? No, last week. Late last week where we all we really got to see was like seven on sevens. So we didn't even get to see any team drills. And certainly they weren't giving anything away scheme-wise. But his, his, you know, what we've gotten out of him so far has been, like I said, like more attitude-related. Like we want other teams to feel us to be – I forget the word he used specifically for that. But uh, the players have sort of parroted that message back. So it is kind of – you know, getting into their heads and, and they're kind of buying into to what he's selling from an attitude perspective. But I think his scheme is, you know, going to be similar to Jonathan Gannon's just in terms of the base structure of the defense. Like they're still going to run a three, four, but I think he's going to be more aggressive um, and he's going to try to force quarterbacks into, you know, bad decisions and, and, you know, make them make plays as opposed to sort of allowing, I mean, obviously under Jonathan Gannon, the good quarterbacks just wrecked him yeah. <laughs> because he would just wait. He'd wait for them to make mistakes, and they wouldn't. And they would, you know, methodically move the ball down the field and eventually get into the end zone. And that works against bad quarterbacks. But as we saw in, in the Super Bowl and at other times, both in 2021 and 2022, good quarterbacks can kind of eat that up. So I think the difference between those two guys is that the, is that the side is going to recognize that you have to force some of the better quarterbacks, uh, you know, potentially into mistakes and. And that that's sort of where I expect, you know, both the Cy and, and sort of the Eagles brass to, to sort of maybe want that kind of scheme as opposed to what we saw the last two years. All right. Need a prediction from you, uh, Mr. Kemsky. Get the crystal ball out. The date that DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Philadelphia Eagles. Because <laughs> some people in town believe it's more when than if. Not, I'm really? Not one of, I'm not one of them, but – uh, we will get uh, your take on it by the date that you give me. What date will DeAndre Hopkins sign with the Eagles? Can I give, uh, can I give you a different over-under? Sure. Uh, can my over-under be percentage likelihood of it happening? Okay. One. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was about yeah. three during the week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think he I, goes? Uh, I, I think the teams like the Chiefs and the Bills, you know, potential Super Bowl contenders makes sense. If another team throws more money at him, we'll see like where his priorities lie, <laughs> whether he, you know, he's ring chasing or whether he just wants to cash in one more payday in the NFL. But it's still with the Eagles doesn't really make a lot of sense for me because you have so many mouths to feed already. Yep. Like we already saw AJ Brown, you know, not happy with the targets that he got in a blowout in a playoff game uh, against the Giants last year. We saw Devontae Smith be, you know, sort of unhappy with, with targets, it, like this is more during the 2021 season before AJ Brown came along. If you recall, at the actually another Giants game actually uh, when you know, the Jalen the, the Jalen Rager game where he dropped a couple touchdowns and, and they wound up losing. It was upset that the ball didn't come his way down the stretch uh, in that game. You have Dallas Goddard. You have these you know these new running backs and DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Uh, you have Kenny Gamow catch the balls out of the backfield. DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is a high volume target guy like he's not like a deep threat like a Quez Watkins for example is a number three type receiver like if they brought in you know, sort of a bigger name number three receiver who didn't require a lot of targets but was a you know a threat deep down the field I could see that 
but not a high-volume guy like Hopkins, who's sort of like a possession receiver. You just can't carve out enough targets for a guy like that when you, when you have to make so many other you know, targets within your already elite offense, happy as it is. I entirely agree. I'll tell both you guys exactly who DeAndre Hopkins is going to sign with, the team that gives him the most money. <laughs> write that down. Uh, yeah. And, and there was a story this week. I oh, could potentially go back to Houston Texans. Uh, if you rank the 32 teams right now, they'd be in the 30s. But if he <laughs> right. signs with them, I'm kind of guessing it's because they put the cash on the table. So uh, to the end of talking about receivers, you, you uh, I know you were on the BGN radio podcast this past mm-hmm. week and discussed, and I'm going to get this name wrong, Olamide Zacchaeus, who is the little wide receiver they brought in from Atlanta and said he, he may be an underrated element to this offense. So the way you pronounce his name, yeah, it's better learn it. O, like O-H, llama, as in like the animal, day. So it's like a llama day. Oh, it. it's llama right. day. A llama day is the case. A llama so. day. Got it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he was an interesting uh, acquisition. Yeah, I think there are a bunch of camp battles to watch uh, during training camp this year. You know, right guard is the one, you know, starting spot. You have punter. <laughs> you have the safeties. You know, two, two, of, two of the three guys that are going to start, the third guy will probably get some playing time, but whatever. And then another one is, you know, the, the slot receiver spot between Alameda Zacchaeus and Quez Watkins. And the Falcons kind of used Zacchaeus similarly to the way the Eagles used uh, Quez, I think really more so in 2021. So Quez was the number two receiver in 2021, opposite Devontae. And then, of course, they had Dallas Goddard. The Falcons had a similar setup last year where – the KS was like the third, you know, option in their passing game behind, you know, a rookie receiver that they had in Drake London and then Kyle Pitts, their tight end. So uh, he got a decent number of targets. He was sort of a downfield type of threat. Similarly sized as Quez, does not have Quez's speed, but is a much more reliable player than Quez in two different ways. One, if the ball hits his hands, he's usually going to catch it. <laughs> Whereas Quez, you know, struggled with some drops last year. Two, He's going to be where you need him to be. So I, th- I think there was a couple times last year where Quez ran bad routes, uh, lazy routes, or just wasn't where he's supposed to be or whatever. Wasn't where Hurts or, I think in one case, Gardner Minshew needed him to be. They threw the ball where he thought he was going to be, and he wasn't in a lot of getting picked off. So I think that's a bigger issue than the drops because, first and foremost, you, your quarterback has to trust you as a receiver. So it'll be interesting to see if Quez – can put a lot of those mistakes behind him because I think he's more explosive than Zacchaeus. But right now, Zacchaeus, in my opinion, is a more reliable type of receiver. So that's a very interesting camp battle to watch, in my opinion. All right, Jimmy, you do as good a job as anybody in tracking the special teams in the preseason. (laughs) And, yes, most uh, Eagle fans, a very high percentage after the Shankopotamus in the Super Bowl don't want to see Aaron Sipos again, ever, in this town. Right. Uh, I, I was told by those who were there, one in particular, you probably know who I'm referring to with the initial JM, uh, it was a squash match day one that Sipos was that much better than the undrafted free agent that the Eagles brought in. Would you can uh, confirm that day one of the quote-unquote punting competition – the veteran uh, was very much the leader in the clubhouse. I won. He, he won. He won day one decisively over uh, the guy they signed with, undrafted rookie free agent Ty Zentner. 
uh, out of Kansas State, you know, sort of known for having like a bigger leg. Uh, I was timing their hang times uh, on the day. They each had eight punts like right in front of us. Sitbos hang times, hang time averages were, I think, the top of my head, I think it was four nine four, which is okay. That's pretty good. Like anything over five, it's considered very good. And then uh, Zentner was four point four something, oh. which stinks. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, uh, it was it was decisively won by by Sipos on day one. And it's crazy to me that they haven't given him competition the last two years, especially last year, because he fell apart at the end of the 2021 season too. He had really bad performances. Uh, at the end of the regular season that year, and then also in the playoffs against the Buccaneers. So in, like, really clutch punting situations, he's kind of come up really short. Uh, so, yeah, finally they give him some competition. But, you know, so far not great on, on that front in terms of somebody unseating him. Yeah, well, hey, if that's our biggest drama, you know what? The team's in pretty good shape. Uh, Jimmy <laughs> right. Kemsky, it is always a pleasure. Enjoy your summer, and we look forward to uh, reading you in uh, phillyvoice.com and talking to you again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Thanks, JK. There you go. Yeah, pun. It's really true. There's not a whole lot to worry about. I know there are all the changes on defense, and we'll see how that plays out. There's new coordinators and so on. Hey, man, I'm like you, Jody. I want that new punter. I, I don't want to see that guy again. And, oh, by the way, yeah, you say, oh, if that's the only thing that we've got uh, as a problem, until the Super Bowl. And then Shankopotamus and Kansas yeah. City's got it inside the 10-yard line to start Terrible. a drive. Oh, then all of a sudden, it's a really important part of the Philadelphia Eagles team oh, roster yeah. makeup. Oh, I want, I want him out. I, I want a new punter. I'm with you. Uh, let's get David Winwood. You're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, David. Hey, how are you? Good. Hey, first of all, before I forget or get cut off, I wanted to thank you, Glenn, for that great event at Bryn Mawr Film Institute a couple of weeks ago. I haven't been able to reach you since then, but it really oh. was a treat. Thank you. It was good. It was Especially good with that my now 14-year-old has been pouring it over like the Talmud since he's been about eight. So it was, uh, <laughs> thank you. It was very, it was very exciting. And uh, hopefully make it to the one this week um, on Thursday night. It was a... Uh, I was kind of amazed. I'm sorry, I'm going off track, but you're, when you had the question yesterday for winning the tickets, that uh, Sean Bradley won that contest, but uh, nobody mentioned the number one pick we had that we traded up for, whose only impact on the team was breaking our center's face for a bust. Um, you know what? I'm sorry. I got distracted for a second. Who are you talking about? Uh, Fultz. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, he would he oh. would fit that too. Yes. Yeah, yes. right. I, I thought it would be too mean to mention him, but my God, you gave it to poor Sean Bradley. Yeah. Anyway, um, a couple comments. One is about a. I like the Nick Nurse uh, interview, and I know those things that you kind of project your own impressions or your own thoughts on some of the more cryptic comments and kind of a more shock testy kind of way. But I like his answer about um, Harden because uh, mm-hmm. where he said, you know, James has a decision to make, and I think I'm, I'm I think what he meant was he has to decide whether he wants to win or whether he wants to make money or make make the most money, and it's like. I don't know. I feel with Harden, it would definitely be a step back to lose him. But when someone tells you who he is, it's an old expression, but if someone tells you who he is, take his word for it. If he's even thinking about going to Houston, I can't imagine things are going to do such a rebuild in the next three years of his career that he's likely to win a championship there, which just says he's not that, he's not that important to him. I would I think he's got to take his word for it. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Interesting point the caller makes, MacMan. Because uh, you and I have been doing this a long time, and we've all used this on our shows over the years. All things being equal, 
meaning when a guy's a free agent, and if the teams are a- offering the exact same money in the exact same years, what would they choose? How often does, if all things are equal, actually happen? Things are never all equal. Right. So we, we, we like to throw it out there, but it just doesn't really play into what's going on. Much like I said, DeAndre Hopkins, mark my words, uh, James Harden is going to land where they give him the most money. If, well, if it's the Sixers, it's and you know where it happens is the NBA because they have these max deals. There's, there's a limit you can go to, and you can't go any further, so several teams can make the same back pitch. It happens more often in the NBA than any other sport, but I, I'm with you. I'm hoping it doesn't happen here that Houston gets the max money and the Sixers go, yeah, we just can't go that high. So who is uh, who belongs on the list of truly beloveds, and who should we think about taking off? Not is James a, Harden. Is, James Harden did. <laughs> not quite. Is a, I'm assuming Irving's already on there. No, no, got to be active. Oh, active. Yeah, it's not all time. It's active. Uh, you had somebody um, from the past. All right, that's okay. That's all right. We appreciate the call. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll say it again. It's got to be current. It's got to be somebody mm-hmm. right now. If we did the all time, that's a that's a whole different ball of wax. But we're looking for. Who now, who is involved in Philadelphia sports, is, is somebody who everybody likes? And here's our, here's our list, so you know. Jason Kelsey, Keith Jones, Fransky in L.A., Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Bryce Harper, Jalen Hurts, Marilyn Mike, uh, uh, Maxie, Jordan Mailata, and we got a, a very solid nomination for the Fanatic. So you can add one, take one off, give us the argument. And the best one gets tickets to the uh, event this Thursday night at Puddler's Kitchen and Tap. The Fransky NLA Bedlam at the Bank beer release, uh, a charity event. Going to be a lot of celebrities there, a lot of great prizes, a lot of great beer, good times for all. Uh, $20 gets you in at the door and gets you the buffet, but you can win tickets on this show right now. 215-592-9494 with Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now. 94 WIP, are you tired of dealing with those old, inefficient windows in your house? Maybe it's time to go Guida. How about that drafty, beat-up-looking entry door you painted over more times you can count? Well, go Guida. If you need added protection from the elements with new storm door, go Guida. And what about that sliding patio door, the garage door? Meaning to replace that, go Guida. Whatever your home improvement needs are, I suggest you go Guida with the great people at Guida Door and Window. To help get your project started, Guida is offering 20% off all windows and doors while allowing you to start your project with no money down and up to three full years to pay it off interest-free. That's right. Receive 20% instant savings with the luxury of paying off your project interest-free for up to 36 months. Restrictions apply. Offers for a limited time. So what are you waiting for? It's time you finally go Guida. Call today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Jordan McDonald, Glenn Macnow, 94 WIP. Let's say hi to Chris in Clinton, New Jersey. Hey, Chris. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. I'll tell you what, I've never been happier to hear debate about uh, punter hang time in uh, <laughs> this summer with how bad the Phillies are in that 60-second round exit the last month. There you go. Yeah. Um, well, so what I wanted to talk about is um, bringing Dombrowski into question a little bit, not because of the Turner signing. I agree with that. I think it was great that, you know, walk down that – important shortstop position for a while, but um, the starting pitching depth on this team, as I recall, was an issue last year that was sort of saved by Bailey Falter being, you know, a guy who just sort of came from AAA and put down 15 really quality starts last year. 
and it didn't seem to get you know appropriately addressed in the off season. Um, they had two pitchers on their staff in the uh, World Series last year, um, one of whom didn't really see any innings, but um, both of them would be um, one and two in terms of starting pitchers in ERA on their staff this year had they stayed. And the the first is Zach Eflin, who went to the Rays for um, I think you know maybe twelve million dollars a year. The second 16, and whatever, yeah, I thought it was yeah. sixteen, but whatever, somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, three million, three years, forty million. Zach, Zach okay. Eflin went to the Rays. Right. Um, the second, <laughs> I can't blame Dombrowski for this one, but uh, the Orioles saw something in Kyle Gibson, who was their uh, yeah. opening day starter, and I think he has like a three point eight ERA. He, he is having a good team. year, um, but Kyle Gibson is what he's always been, um, which is a fifth starter. I mean, the answer was Taiwan Walker, right? Who they brought in and they signed him to more money for years at seventy-two. And and Taiwan Walker had a nice year last year, and certainly a, a better year than Eflin had last year. The problem with Eflin is he was always hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what did he? You're looking at stats and stuff. What did Eflin pitch last year? About a hundred innings. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, he was hurt pretty early on, and then came back for the playoffs right. and was a good bullpen guy. So they right. they were too scared about that. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't count on Eflin. I hope he stays healthy and does well with the Sox. But to me, Walker was a step up from Eflin. It hasn't played out that way so far. And the other thing is, you know, they're counting on Andrew Painter this year, and he got hurt. Mm-hmm. I will agree with you that they're clearly a couple starters short, and the failing is that they don't have guys to call up. You can't, you know, they signed a lot of guys for a lot of money. If you if you kept Eflin and kept Gibson and signed Taiwan Walker. I mean, you're throwing a lot of money into late rotation starters. So I don't know. I, I, I can't go back and question that one as much as you. Who do we take off the list? Who do we add? So um, if we're talking about currently being yes. beloved, um, he had a pretty rough 2018 through 2020, but since then has been, you know, probably the best GM in maybe all the sports. Howie Roseman put him on the list and wow. replaced you know, of uh, Paul Reed maybe. Wow, Howie Roseman, Jody, would it, could a GM make the list? Can he? Yes. Will he? No. Well, you're in. A, you're a, in. A, if there's anyone who's going to make it, it's Howie because he's had it as great a year as he did. But the year only as good as your last uh, maneuver, and oh. I think it's too volatile a position to uh, Thanks, Chris. a general manager ever get to that level. Interesting nomination. Interesting, Interesting nomination. but but in my uh, prediction, it will come up short. Um, his point about the pitching is on point, but he overemphasized the I, – I don't remember him calling us or anyone calling you or I and going – Wow, they should have given Zach Eflin that three-year, $40 million deal. Yeah. That's, that's serious 2020 hindsight. Yeah. But where I can absolutely question Dabrowski is, as I said to you earlier in the show, when you're starting, you're in, you're in uh, December and January, and you know what your roster needs to look like, not man for man, but what, what a, a good roster construction would look like. If you said to any general manager in baseball, how many starters do you think you're going to have to use who are going to make multiple starts for you? Not just one, but we'll call it a two, okay? Two or three. How many do you think you're going to need to have? The answer should be at least eight, if not nine or ten. The Phillies didn't come close to that. They did not have that within their organization. And some of these guys are, you got to get lucky and diamond in the rough and 
uh, Dylan Covey like guys, but you have to get that right. You have to have that guy who comes up here and gives you a chance. When you give him a spot start, a guy goes down with an You know somebody's going down with an injury at some point, and you need to have more depth, and Dabrowski absolutely dropped the yeah, ball. Yeah, the organizational guys. Those are yep. the guys you need. The guys, yes, the, the, who, are, who are not getting Kyle Gibson money but are better than Dylan Covey, which is a, a very long list. Carl in Williamsburg is with us. What are you thinking this morning, hey. Carl? Hey, guys. How's it going? Great shows. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. To all these na- all these folks that are saying, oh, got to rebuild the Phillies, got to tear them down, fire topper, everything else. We went, what, 11 years with no playoffs and mm-hmm. watched this team tease us and fall apart. Tease us and fall apart. Nobody expected that our top players would all hit uh, slums at the same time, and that's what this first part of the season has been. I agree. You got, you know, yes, we're 50 games in. Oh, my God, they're only 26% making the playoffs. Uh, guys, it's June, not September. Take a deep breath. Topper was right. The, the, or so many other people were right. You can only put so much on Topper. The players have to work through it. And you heard last night. Or uh, was it Friday? We had um, uh, JT on the post game show, uh-huh. and he said, "Hey, we are working through it. There's there's a lot more going on here, but we're not panicking." So okay. I am I, still I, with I, this team. I I was with this team in '64. So when I was like four, three or four years so you, old, and I so was you got your scars, Carl. Quickly, who should be on or off the truly beloved list? Alex Bone. Nah, nah, no, I don't see it. Nah, you, you see, I, not, nah, not I, yet. I, not yet. Not he could get loved. there, though. If he continues on his upward trend, he could get there. He's not there yet, though, MacMan. No, and I still don't think he's in any way a special player. I, I, he's a guy who's no longer a terrible fielder, in part because they've moved him to first. Who has an OPS of like seven forty? And he's he, he's driven in a lot of runs this year, which is nice. But he's I don't think he's what you would consider an elite offensive player, and he's certainly not on defense. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I wouldn't use the word elite, but he's been pretty darn good for them this year. And right. oh, by the way, I know they won yesterday, and JT finally busted out. But the five games that he's missed, they haven't done the job offensively. I actually believe they've missed him. Yep. Okay. Uh, Colin in Washington Township. What's on your mind this morning, Colin? Yeah, what up, guys? Hey. Hey, so I'm just really pumped for the 2035 Phillies Wall and Fame induction ceremony of Jeff Jenkins and Tom Gordon. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) You are so spot on. They just keep lower. And I'm not saying Roland is lowering the bar, but it's... it's, it's, They're kind of lowering the bar. I mean, he's, he's, he's got the stats and all but like we've said he he didn't want to be here so why are we honoring him he didn't and he became a hall of famer elsewhere and like i you're right and he's not even coming to the to the uh alumni weekend i think we did that on purpose you see we're playing the mets that day and it's a friday game so that way when the booze rain down on him we can just be oh no that wasn't us that was the mets fan <laughs> don't blame philly fans uh very good you brought good material yeah and The whole Wall of Fame thing, though, it is just such a farce. I mean, I guess it's fun for the fans and all, but when you consider that no one that that had their Phillies tenure go from 2012 to 2021, none of them are going to get in, it really is going to be every single player 
from 2007 to 2011. You nobody who started there. their tenure during that period. Um, but, well, you have started and ended in that period. So, well, yeah, that was a dry spell. But, but, and and thanks for the call. I mean, the point is the greatest sustained period in the history of the franchise was 2007 to 2011. All right, Jody, here's who I think is going to get in from then, uh, or deserves to. And and if you disagree, tell me. Chooch? You want to right? run the whole list or one at a time? No, I'm going to go one at a time. Chooch? Okay. Chooch? Yes. Ryan Howard? Yes. Utley? Yes. Rollins? Yes. Victorino? Yes. Hamels? Yes. Uh, Lidge? I would say yes. Okay. That's and again, you seven. go back over the list, how many guys put in how many years. Tomei was here three years, not counting the little return for a shorty off the bench, feel-good story. Lidge had one unbelievable year and then a couple solid years. So, yeah, I, I, I'd put Brad in that category. Okay, so that's seven. I mean, after that, and that's – well, Charlie's Charlie is in, so that's eight. And they, they put him in. Um, well, I'll give after you one that, more. Okay, who's the other? Jason Worth. That's that was my next like kind of next tier. Yeah. Okay, you're good on Worth. Yeah. And if Ron Re- again, so I don't want to play the game of lowest common guy, but I will just for a moment. If Ron reads in, I'm putting Ryan Matson in. Yeah, you dropped a level. I, yeah, I oh, would that's put, fine. I would okay. put Worth. The drop off from the last one of the previous list to Worth is not as great as the one from Worth down to Ryan Matson. All right, so that's eight all of whom belong in. So can they stop wasting time with the Lieberthal, Ron Reeds, those guys, and, and, and like, move it forward to this era? Uh, uh, Fast forward, buddy. Th- this is a conversation that will be had behind closed doors, and you and I will never hear it, and it will never be admitted to, but I guarantee you it happens. They will do those guys at most – Two in any one year. Oh, yeah, spread it out. Because they will spread it out just in case. Because you never really know. There could be a dry period. As our caller pointed out, there was a uh, group of years together where those that deserved to make it onto the Wall of Fame after their career had come and gone was zero. That there should be none from a given time period for the Phillies if they're that mediocre to bad. And they don't want to see that happen, so that's why they will take those individuals and spread them out over a period of time. Absolutely. By the way, uh, speaking of the truly beloveds, we're going to talk to one of them in the 12 o'clock hour. Uh, Larry Anderson is going to join us for some conversation. And here's our list. And, oh, by the way, doesn't he have to go on the wall at some point? For his his combined efforts of both pretty good relief pitcher, contributing guy to a very good team, blah, blah, blah. And the decades of greatness that he's given us as a color analyst, I absolutely believe he belongs on. Got my vote. By the way, only guy in the 83 and 93 World Series teams. There you go. Uh, So our list of the beloveds, Jason Kelsey, Keith Jones. Haven't gotten any pushback on Jonesy, which is good. Fransky in L.A., Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Bryce Harper, uh, Jalen Hurts, Marilyn Mike, Therese Maxey, Jordan Mailata, with nominations for the Fanatic and Howie Roseman. And the one who gives us the best one today gets uh, two tickets to my charity event this Thursday night, Fransky in L.A., Bedlam at the Bank release party at the um, uh, Conchalk and Brewing Company's Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport. 
uh, benefiting Philadelphia Youth Sports Collaborative. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now on 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now 94 WIP. Let's uh, roll through some callers here. Let's get uh, Chuck and Downingtown here with Jody and Glenn. Uh, hi, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Thanks, Chuck. I, ha- I have a suggestion for your list that's a little bit outside the box, your beloved list, so bear with me. Let me make my argument. Mm-hmm. When Jason Kelsey told the fans on the steps of the art museum, no one loves us, we don't care, he wasn't talking about the Eagles, he was talking about the fan base. Now, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of fans that I don't particularly like that call into this station. But if, if 95% is your threshold, I think you have to sort of make a concession that the average Philadelphia sports fan should probably be on this list. Philly fans, it makes the city special. It makes listening to the radio station special. And I dare say if you ask the costume puppet and the other nine entities on your list, they might all agree with me that the Philly fan should be on the list. So that's, that's it's my an interesting. Too. It's an interesting uh, take you have, Chuck. I'm, I'm going to tell you that it's interesting and, and not going to take it that way. But it was, it was original thought. I like that. Uh, our friend Gary in Southampton is with us. Hey, hey Gary. Hey, guys. How you doing? How you doing, Jared? Good. We're good. Good. Um, I'll I'll be seeing you probably when, uh, Thursday. I'm gonna oh, head beautiful. on over. Yeah, nice. I, I think, and I, and I want to thank you for uh, doing what you do for oh, my, uh, that organization. It's, yeah, it's so. my pleasure. It's a great charity, and I, I'm glad we're yeah. involved with it. Yeah, and I'm uh, and I'm hopefully I can help out monetarily and uh, see what we can do. Nice. Um, good. You uh, can win a night of drinking beers with Jody and me. Yeah. 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 I know. I know. Uh, Bidding could yeah. go really high. Jody, bidding on that could go up to twenty twenty five bucks. Nice, that would, that would be good. I want to. <laughs> I want to get that. a chance to taste that that, that new uh, brew that you have. I get a chance. My son in law bought it, and uh, unfortunately, he hasn't invited me over yet. But oh well, <laughs> but there will be plenty of bedlam at the bank, Golden Ale. I'm sure. Um, the reason for my call, I'm, I'm calling for Jody. Um, Jody knows I, I stop up sometimes and see him up at the parks. And what do you, what are we doing? What do you got? What do you like, uh, Jody, for this weekend? Well, you might have to stop up and see me at Parks on Friday, Thursday night. I'll be hanging out with Mac now. Friday, I'll be hanging out with you at Parks because yeah. I always do my racing seminar the Friday before all three Triple Crown races and the exactly. Pennsylvania Derby as well. Yeah. Looks like about a ten-horse field. Uh-huh. Um, certainly, Forte is the best of the group, but is he going to be good off the layoff because he had to skip the Kentucky Derby? I have not committed to making a pick just yet. I'm going to put okay. some more time right. and effort into it. There'll probably be one or two last workouts done today. But 12 is better than the seven that we had from the Preakness. So at least yeah. it's a larger field. I think it'll be a pretty good betting race. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at Angel's uh, Empire. So I'm looking at that horse strong. That's, um, that's who I had for the Kentucky Derby. He ran yeah, a solid as, as third. Did I. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I could be going back there again as well. Yes. Yeah. All right. So that's cool. But uh, I'm glad. Uh, and I want. I just wanted to tell you, I'm, I'm uh, Glenn and uh, Jody, that I'm going to get a chance to meet uh, 
uh, Hamlin that uh, when the Eagles come in, when the uh, oh, Bills come in. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, you, and you would be why. a guy who uh, would be good to meet him. Again, I, don't, I, I hate to do this every time you call, but the story is you were refereeing a college football game. You had a on national broadcast. You had a heart attack during the game. Uh, you you were obviously saved because here you are, what, 15, 18 years later? How many years 22 later? 22 years. 22. Wow. God bless you, man. Good. Yeah, and, and guess what? The guy that saved my life, Tim Neal, Syracuse professor and, uh, and a head athletic trainer, right? He taught Denny Killington, who saved Hamlin's life. How about that? Wow. That is, and that's I the, love that's that connection. connection. That's, that's why we're getting together. Um, in fact, my guy's coming in, coming in, and uh, I'm, I'm bringing him in. We're going to uh, – actually, I'm going to be working that day on, on the field, and it's going to be super. going to be a you nice – You keep us surprised nice on that. Gary, yeah, I hope we I see will. you Thursday, pal. Please come. Be over. Bye. All right. Done deal. See you then. All right. Well, let me sneak in one or two more calls before the break. Lenny is with us. Lenny, who should be on the list, or who do we take off? Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Yes. Cool. Um, of all of the people that have been mentioned here today, this omission of this former player Uh-oh. and current broadcaster, uh-huh. John Cruck, is glaring. And if Cruck doesn't make this list, Glenn, yeah. this list is a sham, a mockery, and a travesty. Wow, and a fraud of two farces? Uh, he doesn't. He and, and and I appreciate it, and I, I can tell you that uh, – Opinion on John is not a hundred percent positive. So, really, yeah. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I know people uh, who knew him as a player who. Well, I, I, I'm not here to rip the guy, but I, I don't think he makes it. I don't think he makes it. All right. Uh, let's see. Let me grab one more here before we hit the break. Let's get Connor and King of Prussia. Hey, Connor. Hey guys, how's it going? Happy Sunday. Good. Good. You got it. So I got two things. One, uh, the the list when you guys are talking about the 2008 era, who's going to go on the the Wall of Fame and everything like that? Mm-hmm. I think they might hold back on bringing those guys in until the 20th anniversary of that World Series in 2028. I think that's, that's only. I think that's a big marketing away. mistake. I I think what Jody said makes so much sense, which is. Y- you want to sell tickets to those alumni. You want to create these events. To me, the first two I do, Jody, is I do Utley and Rollins as together, and then I just yeah. next year I do Howard, next year I do Hamels, then I go Victorino. It's like I'm, I'm starting now and spreading them out. Yeah, I can see that. I just think that there may be some inclination to be like we're going to make a big deal out of twenty years since that World Series. So we'll we'll uh, do you like can, the you first. Can, you can you can make event. a big deal. You can have a big night. You can have the twenty anniversary yeah. party and bring them all back. And if uh, they don't have Scott Scott Rowland previous commitments on the night that you want to honor them, uh, then you got to work for <laughs> them. You got to come up with the perfect night. But you can have that night. But it doesn't have to be. And we're putting all you guys on a wall of fame in one big group. No, they will not pass oh, on that. I, I think I, I totally think that they should be doing it sooner. I just think that's what's going through their head. As someone who like works with for a big corporation, I think that's what they're doing. They're like, oh, we got this big date on the calendar. We're not going to do anything until then because that's just how. Yeah, I think it would be like marketing mistake. I, I mean, well, and, I, and I you can you can double dip on that one already. They, they well, but I don't know, and that's that is. Those guys retired. You, you're right, and I don't understand why they haven't done it. I thought there's like you got to wait a certain number of years, but again, 
If Jim Tomei retired in 2012 and went in in 2016, why are we waiting for these guys? Uh, your point is fair, and I can't answer it. So who do we take off or put on our beloved list? I, and this might be controversial, but I, I, I would strike Hurts from the list because he hasn't been around long enough. We did, did one Super Bowl last year, and he hasn't, we haven't seen anything else yet. Okay. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of excitement around him, and I'm certainly excited about him, but he could come out this year and be a flop. You know, we yeah, all I, I, I hear it. Carson I, Wentz was the quarterback when we went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he got injured. Foles came in and saved the day, but, you know, everyone was still excited for him to come back the next year, and then well, we all saw what happened with that story. And I'm not saying that Jalen's the same kind of guy, but I I don't put him on a list with with even a Jason Kelsey, like an icon of this era of Eagles football. Quite okay. Yet. Like he's your, just your not point. Your level. point is your point is valid, and we could probably use about Tyrese Maxey as well. Both kind of uh, still making their way. Is there somebody you would put on it? I don't think so. I would. Okay. I, I just fixated on striking hurts. I wasn't really thinking uh, about adding. I hear you. And 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 listen, it's 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 not an unfair point. You know what I said, Jody, to start is both Bryce Harper and Jalen Hurts are on it, but that's really subject to change if either goes into a slump. Correct, and or they could cement their place if they play to the level that they're supposed to play. So it's it's a flux list. It's in flux. Some guys are locked in, like Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey can do nothing this year that would go, oh, you got to take Kelsey off that list. He is a stone-cold lock. But some of them, yeah, could come on or off over whatever period of time you want to continue to look at it. All right, so here's the deal. We're going to take a quick break, come back, take a couple of calls. We're going to go to Larry Anderson about 10 minutes after noon, uh, take this show to 1230, and then we go to leading off. So you do have time for a couple more calls. I will say it has occurred to me there is one name that nobody has mentioned that I think is inarguable and could win. Really? Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's the fact that nobody's mentioned it and that I hadn't thought about it until now suggests that it's, I don't know about out of the box, but it's one that you don't think about. But everybody justifiably loves this guy. Okay. So here's the list now. This is the list of people that – I think, and Jody kind of agrees with most, everybody likes. Jason Kelsey, Keith, Jason Kelsey, Keith Jones, Fransky in L.A., Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Bryce Harper, Jalen Hurts, last caller made an interesting point, Marilyn Mike, Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Mailata with nominations for The Fanatic and Howie Roseman, and Jody's for Paul Reed. A little more time uh, to get in your call. We'll get a couple when we get back before we talk to L.A., who is cemented on the list. Um and we'll see what happens. Phillies Nats coming up uh, 135 today on 94 WIP. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Macman, the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app is the only app I recommend and play with. I continue to recommend it. It's a big weekend for the Bet Parks app and the PGA Tour. The Bet Parks Sportsbook app, proud sponsor and partner with the PGA, uh, the official betting partner of the Memorial Tournament, playing this weekend, presented by Workday in Ohio. Right now. For you new users, never played with Parks before, how's this for a join-us offer? Make a $10 sports bet and get $125 in a sportsbook bonus back if your first bet is a winner. Win-win situation. Bet golf, baseball, the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, soccer, MMA, and more. Join me. Download the Bet Park Sports app right now, and you'll see what they have to offer. Live in-game betting, same-game parlays, and so much more. Bet more than just to score the game, player props, 
if we're talking hoops, it's assists and rebounds, day-in, day-out baseball, home runs, strikeouts, hits. You'll be surprised at the actual odds that you can get on these things. Hey, bet hole-by-hole, match winners, players, scores if you're into golf. It's a great time to get some extra action with your action. BetParks.com has all the terms and conditions. New users, if you want to cash in on that first-time bet, winning bet only, sports bonus must be wagered once. Join me, the Mac Man, as a user of the Vets Park Sportsbook app. All right, Jody, let's grab a few calls, and we'll uh, talk to our pal Larry Anderson. Stephen Westchester starts us. Hello, Steve. Morning, Mac and Mac. Hey, Steve. I have a couple comments. I like Nick Nurse. I do not want James Arden. Maybe one year, but he's got to go. Now, the Phillies, as Doc used to say every fifth day is a scheduled loss. It's it's embarrassing that they don't have a starting pitcher, a fifth pitcher. How how can that be? Except yesterday was that day, and sure enough, they stopped a five-game winning streak with a bullpen game. <laughs> right. Yeah, which was uh, a rare and wondrous thing. I, I, I mean, we talked about it today. They really should have been more prepared for the need to have another pitcher going into the season, no doubt. Who do you add to or take off of our beloved list? I'll tell you what, I, I really, really enjoy Greg Murphy. I love Greg. Greg is Greg is great. Um, I have nothing. It, it's like when I say Greg and John Cruck don't make it, it doesn't mean in any way I'm criticizing them because I love them both. I think they just don't quite reach that status. So, But Murph is a great guy, and I'm, I am you know wish him continued good health. John and Maniunk, what do you think, John? Hey, I'm thinking, uh, are you ready for the Steve Jeltz Wall of Fame Day? <laughs> we're moving there. Yeah, we're getting there. But on the, it's sad that we're talking about punters, but I heard that San Diego State guy got cleared of his charges. Might as well give him a shot, right? I would Hunter. investigate. That's, that's yeah. exactly the word I, I was thinking. Yeah. I want to know what the story is, not just of that, but I, I, I have no reason to know what his character is, good or bad, or you know how he got caught up in that. And I would—that's uh, that, why you have a security staff that investigates that stuff. The fact that nobody else has signed him yet is a little bit of a red flag. And he was a guy, Dom, the security guy. Yeah, yeah, Big Dom has gotten a lot of play this offseason because they got Jalen Carter with the ninth pick of the draft that he dropped certainly because of off-field questions slash issues. And the Eagles believe that they have in place the type of organization and support staff and the ability to get to the bottom of certain things. That's why they made a draft pick like that. Well, if they haven't decided to bring in the punt god just yet, I fear that there's something there. I don't know. I'm not saying I know or even I lean toward, but I think you got to judge the results here, and uh, maybe the Eagles have already done all their due diligence and have decided it's not a direction they want to go. Yeah. So who gets on the list? Who gets knocked off the list? Uh, I don't have anybody for you. Sorry. All right, not no a problem. Props. All right, last one we get, and apologize to people we're not going to get to, but Warren in Gwynedd Valley. Uh, How do you save the best for last, Mac and Mac? There you I go. Know you do it. I like your uh, confidence, Warren. Uh, I have. I also have more confidence than you gentlemen in the, the Phillies. Um, they're only, what, uh, four games out of the wild card right now? Do you know how I'll many get, games are I'll out? I'll get the exact number. 
Is that right? So I'm at 26%. And Jody, what are you at at the moment? 36. 36. So you're, at, you're more than I'm that, at, Warren. I'm at 49.99. All right. Okay. <laughs> I, I think they're going to have a terrific June, and I think we'll be revisiting this call uh, into the month. But I, I do have somebody that somehow got left off your list that brought us the only Super Bowl in Philadelphia history, and that's Jeffrey Lurie. Nobody, uh, no, I don't want to say nobody. I, I believe it's fair to say that there's never universal love for the owner, no matter what. He's the owner. Uh, he's popular. He's as popular as an owner is going to get, but I don't think he's that. All right. So, by the us, way, just let yeah. me uh, answer his question. Philly's four and a half games out of a wild card spot, which is not outrageous by any stretch of the imagination, but there are two things you have to look at. Number one, how many games back and how many games between you and that wild card spot, how many teams, Mets, Giants, Padres. So it's three teams between they and the final wild card spot, and those teams are the Mets, who just kicked your fannies for three straight days, and the Padres, who I thought had a chance to be the best team in the National League. you got to believe they're going to turn around as much as the Phillies. That's why we're uh, below 50% right now. Okay. So here we go, Jody. We didn't really have a whole lot of challenges to the list, and this is kind of the list of people currently in sports in town that everybody loves. So nobody disagreed with Jason Kelsey, Keith Jones, Fransky, and Larry Anderson. Larry's going to be joining us in about three minutes. Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Bryce Harper, Marilyn Mike, Tyrese Maxey. We got the addition of Jordan Mailata, which was pretty good. Uh, we got some pushback on Jalen Hurts, which maybe when you're the quarterback, yeah, maybe until you win a Super Bowl, you don't get on that list. Joe recommended the Fanatic, which I thought was pretty darn good. Chris said Howie Roseman. You you said no. We got a couple others: John Crook, uh, Greg Murphy, certainly very popular guys. You know who I thought of? Who everybody just. Is, is, who is a folk hero in this town? Yeah, I'm intrigued by this. I have no idea where you're going. Jeff Stoutland. <sighs> oh, come on. That didn't deserve a sigh. That deserved applause. He's a positional coach. I understand that. On He's the, the most popular positional coach in the history of the world. On the rankings, of, but... Eh. Okay, that's fine, because I can't win anyway. And you, so. I, I know what you're, you're, you're feeling right now, because you said, yeah, Crock, not quite. Yeah, Murph, not quite. I, I don't want to badmouth Jeff Stoutland yeah, any way, right. shape, it or is form. Not, saying he doesn't belong on the list is not, is not burying the guy. Right, right. Yeah. And, and I think he's phenomenal. At times, I think the Eagles put too much on his plate, like, yeah, we get it wherever we want. We give him to Stoutland, he'll get him to the Pro Bowl, which I think is unfair. He's been put a, on a level because of his outstanding work, but it's still a okay. positional coach. That's fine. I mean, listen, three of the guys he coached and helped develop are on the list, so he gets credit for that if, if, if nothing else. So we got to pick. The best three we got were Jordan Marlotta, The Fanatic, and Howie Roseman. I know you took Roseman out. So I'll ask Jody McDonald, our producer, Nick Earnshaw, Jordan Marlotta or The Fanatic, please don't make me break the tie. Jody, who do you got? And this is for the 10th and final spot? This is it, yeah. I'm, I'm going to emphasize after I just made this the statement about positional coaches, and everybody looks at it through their own prism. 
the Philly fanatic is no longer a big part of my life. I'm A, too old to enjoy okay. what he brings to the table, and I don't even have a child. And so we went, I, how many birthdays? June 2nd, by the way, happy birthday, Maddie. My daughter's birthday was Friday. Hey, we happy Maddie. birthday, my son, Ted. His birthday is today. Very nice. There you go. There you go. And All I'm right. sure you brought him down to see the fanatic uh, oh, yeah. over the years. Got photos. We're not doing that anymore. So I, right. I'm going with the active player, Jordan Mailata. Uh, and you're going to tell this the fanatic. When you see him on Thursday, yeah, night. and he'll use his silly thing in my face. And oh, that's yeah, fine. I'll uh, well, uh, Nick, do you agree or disagree? I slightly disagree. Oh, and you were the one who brought my lot up. I know the fanatic, though he is. Oh, a well, then that, then that seals it because Nick He's can't win. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I, I picked him. All right, so so it's, it, it's, it's the fanatic just because Nick can't win. Well, that made it easier for me. Joe is the winner. Congratulations, Joe. By the way, Nick, you should be calling Larry Anderson right now. Uh, Joe wins a pair of tickets Thursday night to my charity event, uh, Fransky in L.A., Bedlam at the Bank, Golden Ale release charity party. Uh, it is going to be at the Puddler's Kitchen and Tap by Conchahawk and Brewing Company, 2 DeKalb Street in Bridgeport. The event's open to the public. Everybody's invited to come. $20 gets you in and gets you the buffet. Buying beer, that's on you. We're going to have amazing live auction. By the way, dinner for four with Charlie Manuel. How's that for a fun thing to get? Nice. Not, not bad. Uh, we got some raffles. We got an autographed Bryce Harper ball, autographed Terry Turner bat, um, and uh, we got a photo booth. All kinds of fun things going on there Thursday night, 6 to 9 p.m., Puddler's Kitchen and Tap as we honor Larry Anderson and Scott Fransky with this beer, all for charity. Speak of the devil, he joins us now, Larry Anderson. L.A., how are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I want okay. you to know that you ju- we, we, our theme today was people in Philadelphia sports whom everybody loves, and you made the list. Really? You did. You and Scott, oh. as a group entry, made the list. You want to hear Thank the rest you. of the list? Yeah. Here's your company. By the way, feel free to edit. Jason Kelsey, Keith Jones, Fransky in L.A., Lane Johnson, Brandon Graham, Bryce Harper, Marilyn Mike, Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Mailata, and The Fanatic. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's some good company. Mercy. <laughs> there you go. That's that is an honor. Uh-huh. It really is. Yeah, it's, I, I agree. I agree. So uh, let's talk a little Phillies and then uh, spend a minute or two on the event this week. Um, the win yesterday, I think, makes us all eases us a little bit. Um, but m- m- the concern I have, and the thing that I would always go to you on, is the pitching, particularly the top two starters on whom you expect so much. What do you see right now that's just not working right for Zach Wheeler and for? Um, geez, I almost called him Cole Hamels because we were talking about Cole <laughs> Hamels before. I wish he was Cole Hamels, but uh, Aaron Nola. Um, I, well, the, I think the the one thing that sums everything up from this team and and this, and also with, with our those two starters is just one word: inconsistency. It's just <clears throat> I don't know, I don't know what what happened or where it's gone. Um, but to go, just look at Wheeler's last start versus the start before. Like, how do you do that? How does that happen? I mean, I know it happens, obviously. Yeah. And you're, this is the major Why league. Why does it so happen? Right. Somebody goes to the plate with the bat. They got a chance to hurt you. I don't care how bad the team is or what the guy's average is. If he's going up there with the bat in his hands, he's got a chance to hurt you. 
and 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 they're gonna hurt you if you don't make pitches to them. I don't care who the hitter is when you, when they get a cookie to hit, they're gonna hit it. Um, and and I think that's the biggest thing that that they they can't seem to put a string together of of making their pitches. And I think for for Aaron um, specifically, and I've talked about this for I don't know four years maybe now, um, his inability to pitch at the knees. Um, I, I've mm-hmm. said it before. I said uh, the difference between him in his career, you know, up to this point, the difference between him being in the top five or top 10 in Cy Young and winning it is about four to six inches. And, and people look at me like, what do you mean? I said, cause he pitches about four to six inches above the knees. That's where he pitches. That's the majority of his pitch there and above. If, if he would go back and I've said this to him and I've, I've said it on the air. If, if, every, if anybody would go back and look at Nola's pitching when, when he throws a pitch at the knees, I'm not talking about four inches above the knees. I'm talking about at the knees. When he makes a pitch at the knees, whether it's in the middle of the plate or on the corner, they don't swing. Hitters argue. They, they bitch about the pitch being called a strike at the knees, and that's all around baseball. Yeah. Because they're so used to getting everything elevated for the last four years because of the analytics that you got to pitch up high. With, I, mean, I think, to me, that's proven a, a fallacy. Mm-hmm. And when you look at every pitch that he's thrown at the knees not just not just how many how many base hits he's given up how many how much contact has he given up hardly any they don't even swing at it but but i can't i don't know if he's not capable of pitching at the knees or if they can't make it help him make adjustments to get the ball down um but it's baffling that 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 nobody sees this i mean I, i i just i can't for the life of me understand why it's so hard it's so it's, if you've got eyes you can see it la let me follow up if you say yeah. you've talked to him about it uh-huh. as aaron said no the analytics say that i've got to pitch up and that's why i pitch up or is he say i get you la you are 100 percent right and i'm trying to do that and i'm just not having the command that i want and it's coming in four inches higher than i wanted to which of those two is what the conversation between you and he unearthed? I think it's the latter. I mean, I, I think he, I think he knows that he's a guy that can't pitch at the top of the zone. I, the the base hit in Atlanta, the O two high fastball um, that the gut hit the right, and that kind of did him in, or partly partially did him in. I, it, like that was it Atlanta or was it New York? Maybe it was New York. It was, it was New York. Um, it was New York. They, they got swept. Yeah, the, the hanging curveball. Uh, I mean, he, he did that to Riley uh, in New York. O two fastball up, caught it up in the zone. Um, and I, I, I think Nola realizes. I'm pretty sure he realizes he's not a guy that can pitch at the top of the zone. And to me, unless you're throwing 96 to 98, you stay away from the top of the zone. The, 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 the better chance if you miss down a little bit down when you're trying to go to the top of the zone. That ball's not coming back. That somebody's going to have a souvenir, mm-hmm. and and so I like I talk about it, and I and, and this is for any pitcher though. If you just watch every single pitch that is thrown at the knees in baseball today, you won't see hardly any contact, and and furthermore, you will see even fewer hits balls put in play. I, I mean, uh, hits on balls in play. But generally, they don't even swing at it. You, you just watch over and over. Hitters constantly complain about pitches called at the knees. Yeah, it's just it's so Always. obvious to me, yeah. and I don't understand how 
it can't be obvious to to our organization, to our staff, to our to, to the pitcher himself. So I, I don't think it's a matter of him thinking he's got to pitch um, at the knee or that he can't pitch up in the zone. He just he he's not commanding his fastball down. And I think right. there's there's a couple things you can do, a couple drills that I've I've done in the past that, that really helped me. Um, and and part of it's just staying back, not gliding out at all, and getting on top of the ball. He gets on top of his curveball most of the time, but his fastball he gets underneath it, and it's and it and it elevates. And I just I, I go back to something Carlton used to always say, always constantly throw downhill, throw downhill, throw downhill. When he's talking to other pitchers, you know, you got to throw downhill. And, you know, I, I just concentrate on I want to throw the ball downhill. I, he's he's not doing it when you throw three quarters and your wrist your wrist is is parallel to the ground that's being basically being under the ball it flattens it out and you don't get that sinking movement when you're on top when your wrist is up on top you get the sink on it and um it's just not there and and consistently anyway and i think well eflin you know one of his close friends when he was here when they were everybody was trying to get him to pitch up on his own chris young was our pitching coach he got everybody because of analytics this guy never pitched above double a and he scouted for the last seven years before we hired him as a pitching coach. But he's all of a sudden decides everybody's got to pitch at the top of the zone. And Eflin said, screw that. I'm not doing it. <laughs> and that's when Eflin became Turn him around. Eflin it did. Turn him around. Yep. It did. And that's something I just, for, for the life of me, I just can't understand it. It's, it's baffling. But, and I know you asked about the top two guys in rotation, but the most disappointing to me is the offense. The offense was built to score six to eight runs a game. I mean, you, you look at the offense – when we start the season and we, we sign Turner and it's like, Oh my goodness, you know, other pitchers around the league are going, Oh my gosh, we got to face the Phillies. This, this undaunted lineup. Um, and, and look what it's doing. It's not doing anything. It, there's a, there's a picture of inconsistency. Um, I think that's the biggest disappointment for this ball club is that the offense isn't doing nearly what anybody expected, not even close to it. All right. Although you want to talk offense, I got to get back to pitching. I just want one more for me, yeah, Mac that's Man. Fine. Uh, and shame on me. I'm sure you've commented on this, and if you have, either I've forgotten it or I missed it or whatever else. As a dedicated bullpen pitcher, the bullpen game was effective and worked for the Phillies yesterday. Kind of an upset victory. Yeah. Um, is it viable? If they can't find under a rock, somebody comes up and starts pitching well in the minor leagues, they say, we're going to give him a chance. I don't need to see Dylan Covey start another game. How long can the Phillies stay with once every five days a bullpen game? Is it a good idea if they're forced to do it? If, if the other four in the rotation are doing what they are expected to do, then it's fine. But it's not. We, we, with our rotation, with our other, with our five rotation spots, generally two to three of those through a rotation are bullpen games, and they're not meant to be. So now you, you get you get your regular four rotation. Two of those guys end up coming out after two or three innings. That becomes a bullpen game. True. And now you're going to throw an actual bullpen game in that rotation. Like you, to me, you, if you can't have a bullpen game until you have a solidified starting rotation because if you don't have that then half your games are bullpen games and you're going to destroy the bullpen we won't be seeing guys you know pitching in 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 september that are here now they're going to be beat down yeah i i just i just don't see it happening but you know 
everything I think is predicated on the first four guys in rotation doing what they're expected to do. Agreed. I mean, we these guys are are you know when you look at our rotation to start the season, Nola Wheeler Wheeler Nola, however you want to do it, uh, Suarez Taiwan Walker. If these guys are doing their well I mean, nowadays five or six innings, right. um, it's different. But it's not. You're getting three innings, four innings, six innings, two innings, three innings, five innings. That that, that takes a toll on that pen. And yeah. so I just I just don't see Joey how, how there's any chance of of having a uh, sustaining a, 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 a fifth spot in rotation as a bullpen game. Yeah, those four guys got to do better. All right, let's take a minute here and talk about the event uh, coming up this weekend. I I really want to yeah. thank you and Scott for you know lending lending your name to this. And by the way, the payoff for you is you you get free beer for the entire length of while well, we're making this. You know that. Just yeah. Let me know. Let me know when you need more. We'll deliver it to your house, but. <laughs> This Thursday at Puller's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport to DeKalb Street from 6 to 9 p.m., we are celebrating you and Scott and uh, the terrific charity, the Philadelphia Youth Sports Collaborative, uh, with the uh, Fransky in L.A. Bedlam at the Bank Golden Ale. All right, let me say what's uh, what we're going to have there. First of all, you guys are going to be there. Bernie Perrant is going to be there. Joe Conklin oh, is going to be there. Jody's going to be there. So, you know, I don't want to bury the lead there. We're going to have a a book signing with some terrific authors, Mike Sielski, Todd Zalecki, Tyler Kepner. We're going to have amazing auction items, including you and Scott are offering somebody, uh, a couple people, the chance to sit in the booth with you for a couple innings while you broadcast a game. That's pretty cool. Uh, I am told that you are getting a baseball signed by all the broadcasters. Is this a true fact? It's already done. And as long as Stalker signs it Monday, uh, he's the only one I was waiting on because he he flew to Atlanta instead of coming to the last game. All right. Uh, he went on his own. So he's the last one I have to get, and it's sitting on the desk where he Beautiful. sits all set all right. to go. So we, we got that. We have silent auction items, live auction items. We got a photo booth, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, raffles, lots of beer. $20 gets anybody in, and you get the buffet. Uh, and a fun time will be had by all. And, and you know, Larry, I, just, I, I can't thank you enough for being part of this. I think it's going to be terrific. I, Glenn, I tell you what, and again, you know, just just like your list at the start of the show that that the interview, that uh, it, it's an honor. I really, I honestly mean that. That is, I, I'm thrilled. I'm I'm just I'm really excited when I when I got it. I got the I sent you the picture. I was like, this, yeah. this is just so cool. It really. And I know it's a. I don't want it to become an egotistical thing, but it but it is. It's an honor. It's I'm 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 humbled by it. I really am. You're memorialized by having forever beer cans with your with your name on them. You know? I mean, that's, that says something. I love it. All right. Well, listen. Uh, and did I say the fanatics coming? The fanatics coming. Yeah, and jo- yeah. Jody's going to have to explain why he thinks he doesn't belong on the Yikes. list. So that, that's going to be a good time. Uh, I'll, sta- I'll stand behind L.A. because L.A. is ready to drop the gloves at any point. I'll be all right. I'll get protection. I think L.A. is going to be in a, in a, I got you, Jody. He's going to be you, in brother. A, a fine mood. Uh, listen, I look forward to seeing you and Christy, and it's this Thursday night, 6 to 9, Puddler's Kitchen and Tap in Bridgeport. Uh, Larry, we'll see you then. Be prepared to make a speech. Sure, oh, boy. Yeah. I'll be ready. Okay. I will be ready. All right, pal. We'll see you Thanks, then. Thanks. Appreciate right. it. See you, you Thursday go. night, Larry. There's Larry Anderson. That's going to be a fun time. 
Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to set you up for the Phillies game with leading off Jody McDaniel. And by the way, we can sneak in a call or two with that. No reason we can't. 215-592-9494. We'll take calls on the pregame. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Hey, you're tired of dealing with those old, inefficient windows in your house? Maybe it's time to go Gaida. How about that drafty, beat-up-looking entry door you painted over more times than you can count? Well, go Gaida. Need added protection from the elements with a new storm door? Go Gaida. And what about that sliding patio door, that garage door you've been meaning to replace? Go Gaida. Whatever your home improvement needs are, I suggest you go Gaida with the great people at Gaida Door and Window. To help get your project started, Gaida is offering 20% off all windows and doors while allowing you to start your project with no money down, up to three full years to pay them off interest-free. That's right. Receive 20% instant savings with the luxury of paying off your project interest-free for up to 36 months. Restrictions apply, offers for a limited time. Hey, what are you waiting for? It's finally time you go Gaida. Call today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at 187-GO-GAIDA or visit them at gogaida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.